Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Thank you for listening to Talking Metal Digital. You can help support the stream by making a donation on the homepage or by just listening to the commercials on the stream. Thank you once again for your support. You're listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. With your host, Mark Striegel, and special guest co-host, Victor M. Ruiz. iTunes number one hard rock and metal podcast. I'm Bud Friendly. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Victor. Welcome, one and all, to another edition metal live right here in spain we have victor m ruiz from radio and podcast and over three thousand miles away in maplewood new jersey you have mark striegel hey victor and just a shout out to the handful of people who are listening live right now we are working out some of the kinks this is still a rather new what do you call it? Like medium, media, no medium, right? For us. And we are just uh, technically working some things out. It's weird. We started the podcast and I was listening to the playback over the live 365 app on my iPhone. And all I was hearing was Victor for like the first uh, 60 seconds. And then suddenly my voice kicked in. So we're not sure why that happened, guys. This is specifically for the handful of people who are listening live, but it appears that we are working, uh, we are up and running, I should say, now. And, um, yeah, that type of stuff always throws you for a loop a little bit. So let's try to get back on our feet here and talk some metal. It is July 5th, 2013. I'm doing great, Victor. As we started to say, you know, it's been uh, over here in the States, at least kind of uh, July 4th and July 5th that have been the holiday. And I've been home and uh, just just exhausted tonight after just chasing and running around and having a great time with my kids for the last two days. Yeah. We went to, um, when I spoke to you earlier, my kids were all wound up as well. (laughs) We had, uh, just come back from the park and, uh, my oldest guy, and not that, 
you know, this is very metal or whatnot. Saw seals and uh, <laughs> and sea lions for the first time. So he was uh, just going nuts all day. Right. And yesterday you had off, I'm assuming, because although you work in Spain, you, you work for an American company, right? So they must have been closed or were you working? I act- yeah, I actually manage company, but since uh, most of our clients are in the States, we finagled it so that we would get the U.S. holidays off. I mean, the, the, these two salespeople that are in the company, one's in Boston and the other's myself. So, I mean, it really doesn't make sense for us to have the uh, Spanish holidays off because, you know, people are still calling to uh, to, to place orders. So <laughs> we learned that early on. Excellent. So last week we were off. The week before you had Mitch Lafon on. Is that how he says his name? Mitch Lafon? Yes, it is. And he's got this Kiss Tribute record coming out. Um, so guys, definitely stay tuned to Mars Attacks for more information on that. And also Talking Metal, hopefully we'll uh, have some information for you on that real soon too one track off of that i'm I'm really excited to hear is the rex brown bumblefoot track of detroit rock city who plays drums on that track do you know uh, brian titchy from oh mistake. right right that's correct yeah and actually i was lucky enough to have mitch play some tracks over the phone uh the other day i should say over skype he did play larger than life which vocals uh mark zavon of kill devil hill on guitar obviously rex and brian titchy on drums sounded fabulous this is sort of why they're they're going to be doing a show now the the four of them brian titchy rex brown warren zavon and uh bumblefoot so they're going to be doing two shows and where are those uh, shows out in la actually okay seems like I haven't spoken with Bumblefoot in a long time, but it seems like he's spending a heck of a lot of time out in Los Angeles. It made me wonder if he is actually living out there now. Um, although he did tweet something that he was at a restaurant. It was in New Jersey. So who knows? Right. It would, I would think a guy like that, he might be better suited being in L.A., being that, you know, he doesn't just do Guns N' Roses stuff. He does other stuff, you know, producing, recording, session work and stuff like that. It seems like LA would be the place to be. But I suppose being in central Jersey is, you know, you have the New York City uh, thing right there. True. Probably cheaper to live in Jersey, too. Probably. Yeah, definitely. Although he, he's he got a studio in Princeton and then he's got like, I think he lives in like New Brunswick or East Brunswick or something like that. Right. Which, yeah, definitely probably cheaper than than uh, L.A. for sure. Than Maplewood. Uh, probably, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Cool. So let's talk about some stuff that's been going on in the world of hard rock and heavy metal. What do you want to start with? We had a few topics that we were uh, emailing back and forth about. Is there uh, one that we need to start with due to the order of the playlist you have lined up? Yeah, let's kick it off with a little... Uh, talk of Dio. Right. There was an interesting topic that uh, that we had thrown around <laughs> back and forth. And- right. I, I'm reading this book on Stephen Piercy, which is a great read, um, Sex, Drugs, Rat, and Roll. It's, you know, I'm about halfway through it, and it's a, a big book company put it out. I think it's like Simon & Schuster or something. I think the same company that did Ace's book with, uh, with John Astronomy. And in the book, I just finished reading this chapter 
where he talks about Wendy Dio. And this is like back before rat had really broke and Wendy Dio, you know, would, was kind of like trying to, according to Steven manage rat, uh, possibly, but also seemed to be pursuing Steven, in a you know sexual manner if you will and there's even you know there's stories where she would give him money for rehearsal and and then you know she would want to take him out on a date and they went to like you know shows together and you know he wasn't really into her on in that type of way but he felt like he needed to because she was 40, probably in her early 40s at the time, and he was a 20, you know, 21, 22-year-old kid. And she was definitely pursuing him. And he basically, eventually, it came to a head, I guess. Uh, they were at a party together, and she wanted, somebody brought out some Coke, and she said, hey, Stephen, let's take some of this Coke and go into the bathroom. And again, I'm don't take my my words as 100% go read Stephen's book but i did right. i did just finish reading this chapter within the last week and this is probably pretty close to the way he tells the story in the book and Stephen basically turns her down because not because he didn't want to do some coke in the bathroom but because he was a he seemed to think that she was signaling that something else might be going on in the bathroom in addition to uh some toots, if you will. Uh, so she got pissed at that point because she kind of realized that, you know, S- Stephen, although he, maybe he was, you know, doing a little flirting with her and she kept throwing him money. I mean, she throw she threw them him like six to eight hundred. I think it was six hundred dollars, maybe eight hundred dollars for rehearsal, which in 1981, 82, whenever this was, that's a lot of money. Um, and and his band definitely needed the the money for rehearsal. And so she got pissed off, basically, when he wouldn't go into the bathroom with her. And then what happened, and you got to remember, this is at a time when, I mean, what, Holy Diver was definitely out, maybe last in line. I don't know. Dio was on top of the world. It's just kind of like, and she she was managing Dio at, the, at that point and married to Dio, more importantly. So this is kind of a weird story, man. And and. I don't know, man. Like, uh, anyways, the story goes on, and the the end of the story basically is she got pissed that that Stephen wouldn't um, hook up with her, I guess. And and this is all according to Stephen Stephen Piercy, by the way. Um, and she actually then went after him for the money and was like, you know, you know, now that she knew that Stephen was not going to be. Uh, a boy toy, if you will, for, for her, she went after him for the money and showed up at a rat show. Uh, you know, they were playing the clubs on the sunset strip. And basically right after the band came off the stage said, I want my 600 bucks and I want it now. And there was a big thug bodyguard with her and Steven refused to pay her. And then suddenly there was a big to do with, um, the rest of the band getting involved and, and, Anyways, you got to read the book. It's a great book, a great read so far. And again, it's his side of of things. But I, I just thought that was it was kind of kind of a weird story, man. And you know, I, I have to admit that that some of the stuff that has happened since Dio's death, 
I, I've scratched my head's, head a few times since, since he died. And I'm not the only one. I know there are other fans out there. But this kind of like led me on the path to start reading a little bit more about, about Wendy Dio. And, and I, I just don't like some of the things that I've, I've read. And I wanted to get your opinion on it. I mean, did, as we were talking about earlier, before we were, we were quote unquote on air here, um, you know, I mean, she got married really quickly after Dio died which is another kind of just weird thing, you know? And I mean, she's been pumping out stuff all the time. And, and one thing I, I fucking hate, I'll go on record saying it, is, is the Dio Twitter account is so fucking weird, man. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's almost like it's like, it's like he's tweeting or something. I mean, just the way it comes across, it's like his, it's his official account, but and it's like, you know, stand up and shout, you know, Dio loves you and, you know, all this stuff. And it's just it's fucking weird, man. I don't know. And and I can't help but thinking, isn't it just kind of odd that, that that she's in control of the Dio image and legacy? And listen, I'm no dummy. I understand, you know, Hendrix, they milked the vaults when he died. Michael Jackson, the same thing. That's just the way it works in the biz. But I don't know. Something is his even before I knew this story about her pursuing Stephen Piercy, which maybe maybe that story is nothing, even if it is true. Who knows? Maybe Dio had a girlfriend on the road or something at that time. And, you know, I don't know. Well, what are your thoughts on on Wendy Dio? Yeah, it's funny. One of the things that I mentioned to you on the phone before was how right before the end of the Talking Metal forums, uh, someone had mentioned that they were sort of upset with how she was handling the Dio legacy, that there were like autographed Dio baseballs that, you know, hand autographed. Yeah, I mean, by a, an autographed baseball. I mean, what the fuck is that? You know, b- b- because that's so tied into, you know, metal. I know that he was a big baseball fan, but, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, Rob Dukes is a huge Rangers fan. Does that mean that they're going to be selling autographed Rangers fans on the Exodus site? You know, it just doesn't make sense uh, for for someone that's a not even a hardcore fan. You know, someone that uh, I don't know. It's just strange. I don't think the average fan is going to go out and buy a Dio baseball. Yeah. The one that was cool was that live at Donington. Yeah, that's a uh, yeah, the, the double live thing. That's great. But, you know, there's a David Rock Feinstein record that came out like right after he he died with the Dio vocals on on the one track. And I, I, yeah. I guess I don't have a problem with that. It's just I, I don't know. We even interviewed David. He seemed like a nice guy. I guess he was Ronnie's cousin, who I, I right. think probably was fired from Elf um, before they actually kind of broke big but he had been in elf at, at one point and actually since having interviewed him the more i've read about that situation is that you know i think once blackmore and and I, some of the deep purple guys became interested in elf they kind of had ronnie get rid of a lot of the people in the band if i recall correctly and i believe david rock feinstein ronnie's cousin was one of those uh, casualties he then came back many years later with the rods and then you know like this right after dio died he had a solo record that came out that had um you know a track on it that that dio provided some some vocals to 
and, and it just I just feel like even like Vinny Apathy with the Dia Disciples. I mean, it's funny because now Vinny is actually going to do some shows with it, with them, but but right. he had he had issue with the, the way stuff was being just pumped out there, uh, you know, and, and there was, you know, sometimes I feel like it's almost better if there would have been a, a, a mourning period, you know, and, you know, I just got the, the Magica reissue, which I don't know, did that really need to be reissued? I mean, I, you know, it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I already had a slight weird feeling about the way things were being run. And I have to admit that the Stephen Piercy thing just kind of put, took the weird feeling and it put a bad taste in my mouth. And I don't know Wendy Dio. I didn't know Ronnie James Dio. I met him once when I was 15 at a record store and in store signing for the intermission record in Melrose Park, Illinois. But I, I didn't know Ronnie James Dio. I didn't know. I, I don't know Wendy Dio. So who knows what their arrangement was uh, you know, and maybe Dio would be perfectly fine with with the way things are are um, going on. You know, right? You know, being handled. I don't know. Who's to say? But for me, I, I've I've felt uh, a little weird about things. I'm I'm at his Twitter page right now. I mean, it's really it's just like a lot of promotion. It's just you know, Dio Dio disciples are playing two shows in Canada. You know, and and vinyl, 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 a sale in the Dio web store. Check it out. You know, it's all, you know, and just one metal will never die. You know, it's like, who's tweeting that metal will never die? It's the official Dio, official RJ Dio Twitter. I mean, Dio's dead. He's not saying that. You know, it's like, ah, I don't know. I just feel weird about it. The flip side there with Vinny, though, he's sort of put his tribute band together. Uh, they have Last in Line yeah. that's going to be coming out shortly. Original Dio lineup, except with uh, Andrew Freeman on lead vocals. The funny thing is, is I guess they announced though, over a year ago that they're going to be doing shows, and I don't believe that they've done any shows yet. Uh, one of the things that they did say right off the bat is that Andrew sounds nothing like Dio. So I could imagine that there would be some sort of repercussions with that because, I mean... If you've seen any of the Dio Disciples footage, right. Rip does a decent job of uh, pulling off the Dio lyrics. And then they actually have uh, Oni Logan mm-hmm. doing some of the songs now, too. He sounds a lot like Dio when he sings. Right. So I thought it was interesting that, you know, as you'd said, Vinny had sort of poo-pooed it, but then he put his own thing together. So it was just sort of odd. The the other odd yeah. thing there no, is... I'm Vinny, sorry. I was half reading when you were talking about Vinny's thing. I was right. half reading the, his Twitter feed here, which maybe isn't as bad as I was making out, but it's kind of bad. I mean, every, free shipping on the new deluxe edition of Magica when you order from Best Buy for eleven ninety nine. It's I don't know. I don't know. It's like a big infomercial. I, yeah. I see it on and I think I stopped like receiving notifications because it drove me nuts. It was every day. It was so it's, you know, am I like in the newspaper cutting out coupons or am I, you know, do, do I want to find out the occasional deal thing? I mean, I'm, I'm cool with them saying, you know, facts like, you know, today in, you know, 77, he played this date with, uh, with rainbow and they recorded, you know, whatever rainbow album, 
you know, stuff like that's cool. And, you know, from time to time, if, if they want to, you know, talk about certain merchandise, I mean, that's cool. But every single day, like four or five, nine, ten different, you know, things about different pieces of merch they have. I mean, I that that would be a major turnoff to most people, you know. Yeah, just it is. It is. And, and, and listen, I feel like I said too much already, like, because when we were talking earlier, I was like, I don't want to, like, trash her too hard. You know, and, and, and but I don't know. I've had a couple of beers and I'm just like, I, I just feel I just feel weird about it, man. I, I don't know. And, you know, Sharon Osbourne gets so much shit for whatever, you know, Sharon didn't let Bill Ward and Sabbath, which I, who knows? That's I don't think that's true at all. I, I think Geezer, Tony and, uh, you know, uh, Ozzy didn't let Bill Ward in Sabbath. You know, if those three guys really wanted him in, he probably would have been in. I think he probably wanted, you know, a fourth of the income and they didn't want to give it to him, you know, and, and, uh, you know, Sharon gets, anyways, Sharon gets so much shit. And it's just like, I don't know. I, I know there's been a little rumblings here and there, and some people have been unhappy about it. Like you mentioned somebody on the forums and, but it's like, I don't, I don't feel like, I mean, I see people celebrating Wendy Dio and she's at the revolver golden globes and, you know, but I, I mean, she was married less than two years or, or two years after Ronnie died. And you know, she's, she's, I just feel like even like I heard the, what's his name? Craig Goldie said something about, you know, there was unreleased tracks that, that Wendy has that he's going to be working on. And, uh, and then, you know, there's the Dio. He wrote most of his autobiography they're claiming before he died, which who, right. who knows if that's fucking true, but they're claiming he wrote most of his autobiography before he died. And guess who's going to finish it? Wendy Dio, who apparently has had a boyfriend for, you know, a long, long, long time and, and married the guy shortly after Dio died. And isn't isn't that kind of weird that she's going to finish it? I mean, I almost don't want to read it now. It's like it's like who what is she going to go back and, and edit things to make, you know, her look better or or or, you know, edit things in the book just for her benefit in some way some way i think it's fucking weird man i i don't know i think the whole thing is weird how she's controlling the dio i don't want to say legacy but in a way yes she's like you know handling all this and and she's she's not acting like you know ah i'm not even gonna say anymore but yeah i don't know I'll, I'll say this, the Craig Goldie working on the un, unreleased Magicka tracks, right. that to me scares the shit out of me because, as you said before, I don't think that album was that strong and they had, you know, volumes two and three that he had worked on. Right. And, and I mean, I bought this one box set that had an unreleased track called Electra on it and supposedly, oh, they weren't going to release it anywhere else. It was a special, you know, tour edition. And if you purchased it, you know, you got Ronnie's signature and blah, blah, blah. Cool. There's only a thousand of these going to going to be printed up. So I want one, you know. And next thing you know, uh, about a month or two ago, they they reiterated that Craig Goldie and, you know, the the remaining members of the band would be working on these tracks. 
and oh, by the way, this track Electra is going to be included in there. And I was like, you know, that sort of cheapens the whole thing when when groups go out and do that, when they promise that something's going to be limited and that you're only going to get it here. And then all of a sudden, okay, you know, going to be released to the mass public anyway. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, Again, do do we need, you know, Magicka volumes two and three? (laughs) Magicka is two two, and Magicka two and three. Like, like, so is this going to, who the hell is going to do the singing? Does it have his, he he recorded vocals for it or? Supposedly he has vocals already done uh, that were done before he went back to Black Sabbath or Heaven and Hell. And he'd put it on. But didn't they say at one point the only like, like, like the last stuff from Dio was that David Rock Feinstein track and the Electra track that you were, what is it called? Electra, was that what it's called? Electra? Yeah. I could have sworn there was, there was talk of that. I don't know. It's just fucking weird, man. And so I don't know the magic of stuff. I, I don't know. I mean, I will say this in Craig Goldie's defense on a totally another topic. One of the best Dio albums is an album called Dream Evil, which uh, Craig played on. It's just freaking great. Love that record. So much better than Magicka, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think after the, in my opinion, after the album that uh, Doug Aldridge did with him, Killing the Dragon, and I'm not sure if something came out, Master and the Moon came out yeah. between Killing the Dragon and Magicka. Eh, Master no, well, and the Moon. no, no, Magicka, Magicka came out, Master of the Moon was the last record. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I'm getting yeah. Yeah, Magicka was, was like... 90s era Dio the 2004 release from Dio that was a very strong record in my opinion that Jeff Pilson was on that record uh, right and I actually talk if you haven't heard the the interview I did with Jeff little plug here go back to episode 419 of Talking Metal and check that out but yeah Magica I'm trying to think exactly when that came out I mean there was the reissue recently uh, and, and Magica was like one of those kind of cult records. I mean, they called it a fan favorite in one 2000 is when Magicka came out. So the last it was, it was Magicka then killing the dragon, then master of the moon. Magicka, definitely one of my least favorite Dio records. It's just, would have to agree. Yeah. It was just too, uh, it was too, like too long. And uh, I don't know. I was just, it made me think like I almost felt sometimes he was trying to do like a concept like record, almost like a Queensryche type of thing or something. I don't know. But nonetheless, Dio has given us so much great music. And, you know, at least I think we ended with real two real solid records from Dio, two amazing records. The Masters right. of the Moon record was just great. And also, of course, the Heaven and Hell record, uh, The Devil You Know. Absolutely. Let's get into a Dio track, which actually features Jeff Pilsen. I have to say that I'm a fan of all the work that he did with Dio, even the two much maligned uh, early 90s albums, uh, Strange Highways and Angry Machines, I think are really cool. The title track off of Strange Highways, let's check this track out. It's a crazy world. Time I climbed a mountain and it turned into a 
Strange Highways. There, there was uh, something else you wanted to comment oh, on? Oh, yeah. Mark? I was going to say that um, in this Stephen Piercy book, by the way, which may uh, give her his whole story on Wendy Dio less credibility, he actually at one point, and I'm hoping, and this wasn't Stephen who did this, maybe this was like his, his writer that he did it with, but he refers to Dio as being British. He's like... Dio was a Brit who liked to sing about 
dragons or something like that. I was like, what the fuck? Dio's from upstate New York, you know? Yeah. It's just, you know, it's like, I, and, and the book, the, 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 the Piercy book's been so good, but it's just like, whenever I read these, you know, there was even one thing in Ace's book, which hopefully John isn't listening to this, but where <laughs> it was definitely wrong. Um, and, and I won't even say what it is, but I see this stuff in so many books and it's like whenever you throw out some stupid thing like that, like Dio's British, it's just like it make it kind of throws off the credibility of everything you're you're putting in the book. Um, but uh, having said that, that's so far the only mistake I've I've caught in Stephen's book. That, that's funny because when I interviewed John Bush of Armored Saint and Anthrax, I asked him about. Um, of members of Armored Saint being mentioned in both Motley Crue's The Dirt and Dave Mustaine's book. And his answer was something to the extent of, yeah, that was a sort of interesting interpretation of what happened, but it has absolutely nothing to do with real facts. So you got to wonder sometimes the, the ghostwriters that they have sort of want you know, spice things up, and you're probably right. You know, uh, how can Stephen Piercy not know that Ronnie James Dio was American and not, you know, British? I yeah, mean, I mean, he spent a lot of time in the UK. I think, like when he was with Rainbow and stuff, but and and probably for uh, I don't know if he spent that much time in the UK with Sabbath actually, because I know like they did spend some time over there. Now I'm thinking back to Tony Iommi's book, but, um, heaven and hell, that album was recorded, of course, in Miami, but, uh, can't remember where mob rules was recorded, but anyways, yeah. So yeah, he's, he's not, he, I mean, it's just so weird. He's, where's he from Rochester or is it Syracuse? I think Rochester, right? Cortland, Cortland, Cortland? New York. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little, I think it's South of Syracuse mm-hmm. actually. Sounds right. Huh? Interesting. Cool. We actually have uh, someone who was on the Talking Metal forums. I forget his handle on the forums. I guess it was it was Met something or other. But uh, he's from Cortland, and the ongoing joke that we had with him was that everyone in Cortland was related to Dio because whenever someone brought up the Dio name from that area, they, they were magically related to him somehow. Right. Magically. Good choice of word. Yeah. Uh, Rick Shaw commented on Facebook. He says, you sound great. I guess this is the Wendy Dio edition. Well, being that we're trying to keep these to an hour and we're already at 943, I guess it is. But we're going to try to switch gears and maybe hit another subject here. I just quickly wanted to throw out a few things. My friend Opus, uh, Victor, I don't know if you, you remember the guy Opus. Now, a little behind the scenes info on Talking Metal Digital. First off, we uh, we may want to actually become like a whole podcasting family. Now, a few other people are doing this already, like the the guys you're associated with, Victor uh, Iron Cast Ring, right? Cast Iron Ring, yeah. And, and I've been, you know, and in, in talking with Victor and, and John Astronomy, and you know, maybe we'll do something like that with Talking Metal Digital, where where we have, you know, the Talking Metal podcast, the Mars Attacks podcast, under this uh, Talking Metal Digital umbrella, and maybe some other podcasts will join us. We're discussing that now, and uh, you know, it could be be something that that happens. Now, I wanted to I bring that up because. 
one guy that Victor and I have already been talking to about this, my friend Opus, who has been on Talking Metal before. He's a drummer, played with a great, you know, New England band, which kind of helped start the New England hard hardcore metal scene up there, metalcore scene, if you will. They were called Gargantuan Soul. And uh, he was kind of the leader drummer of that band, if you will. And, and anyways, uh, he has been talking with us behind the scenes uh, because he works with Jamie Josta. And Jamie has expressed interest in maybe doing a podcast, although I haven't heard from him for over a month. So who knows if that's going to happen. But we'd love to have Jamie Josta join us on the Talking Metal Digital Network and, and have a podcast with us. So we'll, we'll see if that happens. Uh, I'm not sure if it will, but um, probably not. Maybe. Who knows? But anyways, Opus just landed a gig as the new drummer or the temporary drummer of Bullet Boys. <laughs> huh, no kidding. Yeah, so I thought that was great. And uh, uh, Bullet Boys is a band. I actually, one of my bands, my band Hollywood Superstars, once opened up for the Bullet Boys in uh, Clifton, New Jersey. So always loved Bullet Boys. That first album was a great record produced by Ted Templeton. And they've uh, done quite a bit of stuff after that. None of it whichever grabbed me too too tightly, but... Um, Still, that, that first Bullet Boys record, just amazing. And I was excited to hear my friend Opus is playing with Bullet Boys. Twitter, uh, let's see if we can get a discussion going on Twitter. It's probably we're too late for this since we're kind of into the show already. But um, the handle, the hashtag, I'm sorry, the hashtag, Talking Metal hashtag for tonight, I was doing Talking Metal hashtag or, you know, number sign Talking Metal. So let's see if we can get a, any tweets going with that hashtag it doesn't look like any are happening yet and uh maybe they won't at this point since we only have a handful of you guys listening tonight and i wanted to mention for talking metal our paypal donations were very very low for june i know money's tight sometimes guys but I, I, I'm spending a lot of money on the live stream and trying to get a home studio set up where I can take calls and, and do all sorts of podcasting from home. So anything you can do to keep the dream alive here, I'm definitely losing money on talking metal. So any money you can throw at the, at, at talking metal, at the, uh, the belief that, that what we're doing here is something cool. I appreciate it. You can go to talkingmetal.com and use the PayPal donation to do that. There's Amazon links that you can use to do, you know, just use those links to open your Amazon and you can do a bunch of shopping on Amazon. Uh, the same goes for our talking metal links where if you hear a song on like the Dio song we played, you can go purchase that. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, you didn't hear the song in full. If you're listening to the live version, you did. But on the podcast version, we cut them down. That's because we want you to go to TalkingMetal.com, use those links to open up your iTunes and buy the song. And we get a little kickback on that and any other thing you purchase while you're in iTunes after using our links to open iTunes. And the same goes for Victor and Mars yep. Attacks, right? Absolutely, yeah. Well, links to iTunes. I've also set up an Amazon store. So that after you listen to an episode, if you want to buy the albums that pertain to a specific episode, you just go to the link at the bottom of that specific post and you'll see every single CD offered, uh, every variation that Amazon offers within that specific store. Uh, I've also started to uh, include 
uh, signature models. We had Charlie D'Angelo of Arch Enemy and Spiritual Beggars on, and I posted uh, a link to his. The likelihood of somebody buying, probably slim to none, but you never know. Right, definitely. Support not only our podcast, but any podcast that you're listening to and you love it, be it the Penn Gillette or, you know, Adam Carolla podcast or, you know, Mars Attacks or Talking Metal or, you know, Decibel Geek or Rock and Roll Geek Show or any of any of the, the podcasts that you enjoy. You know, I listen to a Star Wars podcast sometimes, uh, you know, uh, so, you know, we all have different interests. We all listen to different shows, you know, support. What I'm trying to say is show support for what you believe in. And uh, most podcasts give you the avenue to do that. Uh, some of the other podcasts I listen to are the Duncan Trussell Family Hour, Joey Diaz. I love his uh, his podcast and so much great stuff to listen to. We're so fortunate to be in an age where. We, we don't have to be force fed stuff by, you know, a handful of cable networks or, or radio stations. We can uh, explore and and really fine tune our interests with all the different podcasts and, uh, you know, on demand programming that's now available. That, that I would actually say is one of the I actually work from home. So one of the negative things about working from home is that you don't have that, you know, half hour, two hour, two hours um, commute to work where you actually can just turn a podcast on or, or listen to, you know, some music. I sort of squeak it in at night when I can, when the kids are asleep. Right. But, uh, you know, the old commute for that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, cool. And we are experiencing some dropout issues when you hear the podcast version of, of these shows, these live shows that doesn't seem to be happening on the actual live stream. But when you go back and listen to them in podcast form, which is still how it appears most people are listening to what we're doing here on these Friday Friday night live shows, uh, there are some dropouts and that has something to do, Victor thinks, with the, excuse me, beer burp, um, with the Live 365 software, right, Victor? I believe so, because we're hearing the episodes, or at least the conversation without a problem. You crystal clear when we had the guys from White Wizard on, I could hear them. Yeah, perfectly. and that was a specifically in that White Wizard interview. There was a few times where there was just weird dropouts where it made made it almost sound like their their answers or our questions didn't make any sense. And and then the, even the guys' IDs at the end, like um, totally got when they said you're listening to Talking Metal and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Like the, the Talking Metal one was completely like cut out. It was weird. Um, yeah, so so there are definitely issues with listening to these in podcast form, which is all the more reason if you're around on a Friday night, chilling out, having a few beers, smoking a few joints, is that why not just go to TalkingMetal.com, click on that Live 365 player, and tune in. Victor has it up on MarsAttacksRadio.com, too. Great way to spend your Friday evening. Absolutely. And just to remind people, an hour before the live show goes up, we do have a warm-up show that I put together with different tracks uh, tonight. Since it was the 4th of July yesterday, there's an hour of American hard rock and metal. Every week I try to put a theme together and sort of follow it to get, you know, just an extra hour to get, you know, sort of the blood boiling there, get you ready. 
show. So if you're around, as Mark said, if you're kicking back, relaxing, just uh, and and listen to us for an hour before we actually come on. Yeah, definitely. And it, once again, big thanks to Rick Shaw, who's currently listening. I think I mentioned him earlier. I'm trying to think. It looks like Dan Hart might be listening. Uh, who else? I don't know. Just looking here. Todd Husick as well is checking in. Is he? Where is he checking in on? Oh, uh, oh yeah, on Twitter. Okay, cool, cool. Hey, Todd. Yeah, Todd's great, man. He's a, he's a uh, diehard, Absolutely. devoted guy. So thanks, guys, for tuning in to what we do. And thanks to all you podcast listeners, too, who are li- listening to this after the fact. So what do we got up next? What do you want to talk about? Queensryche? Yeah, let's uh, talk a little bit about the Queensryche since I guess the cat is finally out of the bag. We were getting all these snippets, at, um, you know, month after month, week after week. We had heard one single called Redemption what, back in February, I think it was? And now we're yeah, in... Yeah, there was like a 90-second clip of Redemption on, on Eddie Trunk's show, and then the then the single came out, or, or the, the song was released to, to, to whatever. I want to say radio, but it's kind of weird because I don't think anybody, any radio stations actually played it. I never heard it on Sirius or anything like that. But um, the... The song Redemption was released in full. That was shortly after I interviewed them out in Englewood, New Jersey. And I know Eddie Trunk definitely played it on his serious show. But, uh, you know, then then we didn't hear much. And the album finally hit last week. It I ended, it, I think it was at 2023 20, on the Billboard charts. It was pretty, not, not bad for, for um, a band that... I guess has been a little bit out of the public eye, you know, at least mainstream public eye. So it was cool to see them get a pretty good chart number with this record. And and the main thing is they lost their singer, which is always, always tough for any band. Absolutely. And I think we've discussed this before where, you know, if someone dies, you know, bands almost get a pass when it comes to yeah. swapping singers. Totally. But I'm, Maybe in the case of Queensryche, a lot of the fans felt that the band had died, you know, quote unquote, because of the material they had been releasing. And I think it shows that the diehards really came out in droves and bought this album because I don't believe that the last few albums, probably not since, you know, here in the now frontier, they probably haven't charted, you know? Yeah, I I, I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to check. But it's it's interesting that it did seem like the. The fan base, when there was obviously the split between Jeff Tate and the rest of Queensryche, a lot of them seemed to lean towards the Todd LaTorre version of Queensryche. Maybe I'm off base on that. I don't know. I just know with our Talking Metal listeners, it seems like a lot of you guys, there were some real hateful comments that people left on Facebook, on our Facebook page even in emails to me and, and tweets to me about Jeff Tate, which, uh, you know, uh, listen, I like Jeff Tate. I, uh, the guy's voice is amazing. He's put out such great music. I, I, I'm, you know, a big, big, big fan of that 80s era Queensryche. I will admit that, uh, you know, after Empire, I, I kind of did lose interest in the band. Right. And I always continued to love you know, the EP through Empire at some point went back, kind of got into Promised Land long after the fact. And I think that's a decent record, too. Most of the stuff after Promised Land, I, I 
can hardly listen to, I'll be honest. And uh, yeah, and and so basically what's happened is you have two versions of Queensryche out there right now for anybody who's been a little out of the Queensryche loop. And for a few months anyway. Yeah, and both of them have released <laughs> albums recently. You have Jeff Tate's Queensryche with Frequency, Frequency Unknown and... Let's start there. I will say, I want to hear your opinion quickly on it, Victor, because we're already an hour into this uh, podcast. But my opinion on the Jeff Tate thing, frequency unknown, is it it wasn't, for everything I was hearing, I was expecting it to just be completely, completely awful. And that first track, what is it, Cold? Uh, Yeah, I think it's pretty decent. I I actually kind of like it. It, it in a way feels like a Jeff Tate solo track to me, which in some ways it is because but there's certain signature Queensryche sounds like even the way Scott plays drums is, is just so unique and, and it has so much personality and you don't, you don't have that. So, so I don't know. I, I didn't, I thought cold was a pretty decent song and the rest of the album, I guess is mediocre, but it's not, it's not, terrible terrible or is it i listened to it for the first time last night i listened to both albums and you had said i was waiting for something that just absolutely sucked and i can say the only thing that really sort of you know turned me off was the covers of the old uh tracks that he did everything else i mean for better or worse some of the tracks sound disjointed there are some that you know, have sort of like a Zeppelin feel to it here and there because of the odd uh, time signatures and whatnot. But it just seems like the album is sort of forced. You know, I, I think that there are spots where the Latori Queensryche maybe, um, I don't want to say falters, but there's cer- certainly there are certain touches that I think Jeff Tate gives to the music that maybe the Queensryche, Queensryche version is sort of missing in some songs, but I do think that Jeff Tate is missing, as you're saying. This sounds totally like a, a solo album. Uh, it does sound heavier than anything that he's done, and for, for the fact of the matter, it sounds like it sounds heavier than everything since Promised Land. Yeah, uh, well, even and in Promised Land wasn't like a super heavy record, you know. But uh, at least I, I, I don't think it was. It was? Do you think? Yeah, but it, but you're right. It is heavy, and I do think Jeff Tate wanted to be heavy because he didn't want it to people to be like, oh, he's you know doing pussy music, you know, which he's been accused of in the past, you know, and and I think he he, he wanted it to be hard and heavy and and uh, you know. Uh, it's sad, actually, the whole thing, really, that, that it's it's come to this because I know you only said you listened to what you listened to him yesterday or today for the first time. But yeah. you so, got to give the Queensryche, you know, the non Jeff Tate version a little time because I listened to it the first time. And the first time I listened to that record uh, on Spotify, actually, I thought, yeah, it's really good. And they've really captured the spirit of eighties era Queensryche, everything from the, the harmony guitar leads to the sound effects. And I was really happy. I was like, wow, they, you know, they've really, they've really gotten back to the spirit of what Queensryche is. 
And then I listened to it again. I actually got the CD. I started popping that into the car. And it's really growing on me, man. And I, I really, as of like today, like, you know, I'm probably only a week into listening to the record on a regular basis. It, I think it's really good. I think it's, uh, I think they, they, they have really, really done some exciting stuff. It's, it's a progressive record. If you're looking for radio hooks or real quote unquote catchy songs, I don't think they're there. But but that's okay because it, 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 they they're they're solid solid songs, the 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 sounds of what to me true Queensrÿche should be is finally back, you know. And it's like the Mindcrime two record. I feel like they kind of tried to go there with that, but I don't know. There was something that was just <laughs> flat about that record to me, you know. And I I I, I, I really really like this new Queensrÿche record. Uh, the just simply Queensryche, Queensryche. And if you buy the bonus edition of it, by the way, which is what I did, you get like a Queensryche patch, uh, pins. Here's the patch. I, Victor and I are able to see each other. It's a small patch, but still a patch. And, and stickers and uh, guitar pick and stuff. So uh, it's kind of fun. Plus bonus tracks. You get live versions of Prophecy, Enforcer, and Queen of the Reich. And, uh, you know, you're right. It, Todd's voice is not Jeff's voice, but I, I still think it's working. And I think it's a great, great record. And it's definitely something that, that can't be digested in just one or two listens. You need to keep going back to it because it's solid. Some of the things that that I almost wanted just selfishly is I wanted this Todd LaTorre Queensryche record to be a retro record where the, the there was a lot of that intricate guitar chord work as opposed to big down-tuned riffs. And you do get some of that on this record, but you do get a lot of the, the down-tuned riffs too, which kind of don't make it quite a retro record, which I don't think is what they were going for. Although there are parts of the record where you're like, oh my God, is this '80s era Queen? Are we in the '80s and and with Queensrÿche again? But but then they'll throw a big riff at you or a down tune riff, and you'll realize, no, we're not. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying, you know, it's 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 uh, it's not a retro record, and they were they uh, are definitely um, taking Queensrÿche's '80s era spirit, and I think bringing it to current time, if you will, current days, you know, if that makes any sense. Listen, I'm a couple beers in at this point. I'm just kind of rambling. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, from what I heard, it's sort of a mix of, you know, today, you know, their, their legacy tracks per se. I do think that the album is a hell of a lot stronger. Tate right. version. I honestly, I have no issue with Todd's voice. I think, Maybe the the only thing that, and I should expound upon what I mentioned before. I think maybe the only thing that they're missing is maybe some of the melodies, where Jeff Tate just sort of has a certain way of doing melodies that fit perfect to, uh, you know, what the band does. Uh, yeah. To me, for example, the- I, I could see that, but I will say, and I want to hear the rest of your thought that that the first couple times I listened to it, I had that exact thought, but. 
now, having listened to it really probably six or seven times, I'm really mm-hmm. digging some of the songs. And I, 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 I think the songs and, and the melodies are, are there. And, and we'll finish what you're going to say. I, I was just going to say, for example, I, I think Redemption is a really cool song, but the only thing that sort of throws me off is the chorus. The chorus just seems too, like, sugary and upbeat for me. That's just my opinion. Redemption <laughs> is not one of my favorite songs on the record, to be honest. I, I don't mind it, but, yeah, I, I can I can understand why you might say that. But uh, And there's a lot of other songs on the record, like the one we're going to play in a minute, which I think are, are better than Redemption. And uh, in a lot of ways, this record reminds me of the new Black Sabbath record, 13, not that they sound musically anything alike, but that in both bands, I believe, have successfully recaptured what they were doing in their golden age, if, if you will. And is it as good as any of those golden age records? Like, is, is the new Queensryche as good as Rage for Order in my book? Probably not, but... Listen, I'm a 40-something-year-old dude, and, 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 and that record to me back when I was a kid just meant so much and was so much of my development that n- no no record is going to be as good as Rage for Order to me. That's one of my favorite records of all time, you know. But but right. the, the new Queensryche record is very, very good. I highly recommend if you check out that, and not you, Victor, just the Talking Metal listeners, Pick up the right. new Queensryche record with Todd Latore on vocals and also that Sabbath record I mentioned. And, and you know, neither record is if you're looking for big, hooky, you know, sing songy songs. These aren't the records for you. These are mm-hmm. these are deeper records and may both of them may require you checking them out more than more than a couple times. And I do believe that with both those records, once you've done that eventually you're going to it's something's going to click and you're going to be like wow these are great fucking records who retains the name of the band i don't know man i don't know i, I almost don't have a problem with <laughs> with two queens rikes running around out there honestly i mean i mean what the hell i as we were talking in 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 between songs i saw foreigner a couple weeks ago and there was no original members <laughs> you know so but, it's like it's it's like uh, i don't have a problem with there being two queens rikes i know there is there is going to be a uh, a, a, a court uh, fight for the name, a legal fight for the name. I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, the Todd Latore version of Queensryche has more original members than the Jeff Tate version. So right. uh, maybe they deserve it more than Chef. But eh, if, I, if I were the judge, I'd say, hey, you guys can both keep using the name. It'll be interesting. This will be the... Um... The latest Steppenwolf, Steppenwolf, for God's sakes, has been uh, touring since the 60s as like two or three different bands. So. Wow, wow. On that note, let's get into the self-titled album by Queensryche.
and we are back. Interesting how, again, <laughs> this Live 365 software is um, can be a pain in the ass sometimes because when listening to the live shows, you'll hear me talk about the mic button sticking. Yeah, down for five seconds. You have to count another five seconds. I have to turn the volume down. And then when I do that, I can start talking again without blowing anyone's ears out. Unfortunately, sometimes what happens is the next song starts to play, which is what happened there. We had a little bit of uh, Blackville Brides covering Kiss um, with Zach Wilde doing the solo. But uh, one of the things that I did want to talk about was sort of the whole issue with Blackville Brides being photographed by the drum bronx and it's showing that their amp cabs were uh completely empty yeah that's it's so who the fuck cares it's like you know what i had a guitar teacher back when i lived in chicago suburbs hinsdale illinois tom pacora his name was he played uh, i should play some dig some of his old music out and play it for you guys sometime but uh he was a great guitar player and it was like the two guitar teachers in the Chicagoland area at the time that you wanted to take lessons from were either him or this guy named Mike Badio who went on to become Michelangelo and then went on to become Michelangelo Badio. But those were the two hot guitar teachers back in the eighties in the uh, Chicagoland area. And I took lessons from Tom. He did work like with bands when they'd come through town. And when ZZ top came through town, on one of those 80s era ZZ Top tours, he swore to me that he was backstage and there was a little 10 watt Marshall sitting back there with a mic next to it. And, right. and that out on stage were all these, you know, in the Rosemont Horizon were all these empty cabs, you know. And Kiss has done that. I, I mean, I mean, ask John Astronomy. I mean, Kiss has done that, uh, empty cabs. And, Half the bands I go to see on stage, like I even was just at Muse, you know, at, at the uh, Prudential Center or Izod Arena or whatever the fuck they call it now. And and I, I was looking at their ad, I was like, those look fucking fake. You know, it's just like so for sure. Black. Why not? I mean, it's just like it's just like I think it's so childish that somebody's like trying to rat them out and and, and you know, it's 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 show. It's showmanship. And. Who cares? I mean, the technology, I mean, Weezer tours and they don't even freaking, they, they bring uh what are the, what are those, what is it not? Is it called the Sans amp? What's that fucking thing they plug through? And they don't even play through amps. They just go into the PA. I mean, that's Weezer, you know, it's like, so, so who, I, I think, I think it's childish for somebody trying to like rat out black veil brides and, and honestly, who cares? That's that's yeah. my take on it. You know, I, I, I will tell you that Kiss had fake cabs on stage. When we when we say cabs, we're talking about cabinets. They're generally four by 12 cabinets are are what people run Marshall heads through or Laney heads or or Mesa boogie heads or Bogner heads. That's what you're running your head through. And the head provides the power and the sound. It's what has the tubes and it runs into a four by 12 cabinet which musicians call cabs. Um, so, yeah, I, that's my that's my thing. Who really cares? What do you think? No, I, I agree. I mean, when I saw that it was the the drum 
punks. I was like, these. This is the drummer for that fucking indie band that she album out a few years ago because no one was buying their regular albums. Yeah, it's one. It's 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 one thing if if you're exposing somebody for lip syncing or or something like that. But who who the fuck cares? They these guys go out, they play, they they rock, they you know do what they do. It's like you know. I think it, I think it's I think it's stupid. There's such a backlash with Black Veil Brides, and I think it's dumb. I mean, I'm not their biggest fan, and I can honestly say that there are other newer bands that I'm into more than them. But what they've done, uh, they've done a lot of stuff through word of mouth and from busting their ass. A lot of older bands have done, and I think it's childish that a lot of you know younger bands or lesser exposed bands have come out and really, you know, talked about them in a, in a negative way. I know that after they won the latest golden God awards that, uh, the singer of five finger death punch was like, Oh, well black veil brides again, yuck or, or something like that. And it's like, you know, dude, seriously, you're, you're in an established band that's actually, you know, playing known festivals and you're going to go out and call out another band because they, you, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. Stupid. I, I've heard people call Black Veil Brides posers and and other other names, but it's just like you know what? It's like it's like ninety nine percent of these bands are are, are freaking posers. It's like it's right. it's it's just like you know you see you see the guys in in you know pushing fifty or or even older than fifty in some of these quote unquote thrash bands and they are, they're out there on stage with the, the fucking dye in their hair and their hair plugs are, are showing and, you know, and they're, they're trying to look the part so freaking bad. And it's like, it's like they're, you know, they got the fucking tattoos and everything. They're just, they're just as much the opposer as, as anybody else, you know? And it's just like, but yet they're like, oh, poison are a bunch of posers, Cinderella posers. It's like, no, you're you're a fucking poser too, dude. Look at your fucking sleeved arm and your fucking wallet hanging from the chain, and and you know your dyed goatee to cover up the grays. You know, it's just like I don't know. Yeah, Every, you yeah. know, we're all posers. You know, right? I mean, that's uh, I think that's absolutely true. I mean, look at the truest form of metal, you know, the death metal, and, uh, you know, uh, black metal folk that are out there, you know, that else is, you know, as you're saying, posers or pussy metal or, or this or that, but, you know, they're putting makeup on, they're, you know, going out there with axes and fur and this and that. And, you know, and they're the first people to say, well, you know, kiss really sucks. It's like, well, how come, you know, um, uh, the, the singer of, uh, Celtic frost, I forget his name, uh, Thomas Gabriel or, right, or whatever. Right. So, so you see pictures of him, the eyeliner, got, well, eyeliner, he's got kiss t-shirts and, and Iceman guitar because of Paul Stanley. And, you know, you got 20 year old idiot running around saying how, you know, kiss sucks because they're posers, but yet you've got every black metal band, you know, under the under the sun, you know, uh, conforming to a set of lyrics or conforming to a certain look, which I mean could be labeled as as you're saying as being posers as well, just to fit into a certain uh, you know subgenre. Right. Hmm. Totally, totally. I like Black Frail Brides. I 
I, I uh, am not a diehard fan listening to their music all the time, but I like what they represent more than anything else. You know, they they seem like a good bunch of guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I know that. Uh, well, actually, Fon mentioned this on the last show that he was on with me. That their singer Andy actually contacted um, not him directly, but wrote his podcast, The Three Sides of the Coin, to say that he was a huge Kiss fan and that he really appreciated what they were doing. So it goes to show that, you know, they haven't lost touch with, you know, being fans or, you know, as I mentioned before, going out and breaking a sweat to, you know, entertain people. Cool. Definitely. Definitely. I like Andy a lot. Definitely. Cool. Well, let's wrap it up, man. I got to I got to run it's 1020 here on the East Coast. It's probably the sun's coming up over there in Spain. No, actually, the sun. Uh, funny enough, the sun goes down at around uh, 10, 1030 and doesn't oh, wow. come up out uh, eight o'clock ish. So, really? Wow. Well, well, that's interesting. Yeah, it's uh, 420 in the morning. No swim lessons tomorrow. So no problem. Ah, OK. <laughs> All right. Cool. Cool. Well, Guys, support what Victor does by visiting MarsAttacksRadio.com. You can also check him out as part of the Cast Iron Ring, right? Yep, that's it. Where, 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 where can people find out about Cast Iron Ring? CastIronRing.com. You'll find out about all the other cool shows that are associated with the Casting Network. Definitely, and Victor is also part of talking metal digital so we're going to have more info info coming on talking metal digital to you guys soon in the meantime check out our facebook page it is talking metal digital facebook.com talking metal digital give it a like and stay tuned for more announcements from talking metal digital absolutely so we're going to end things here with little black veil brides then it is their cover of Unholy featuring Zach Wild on lead guitar. Thanks uh, to everyone for listening, and uh, we'll see you again on Talking Metal Live at the, hopefully next week. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, hopefully next week. Yeah. And, and guys, I don't know. I mean, with, with this Talking Metal digital thing, you know, a lot of you always expect John to be on Talking Metal, uh, and I do understand that. So who knows maybe this thing victor and i are doing on friday nights may evolve into just a a brand new whole separate podcast Uh, let me know what you think about that i'd love to hear your opinions on it send me an email at talkingmetal at yahoo.com or leave us a comment on the talking metal digital facebook page and and i do want to add that in no way shape or form am i trying to replace john if anyone out there is is thinking that i mean i love john and if it wasn't for john i wouldn't be doing this <laughs> so um i'm just sort of uh keeping the seat warm on friday nights here and as mark said you know it would be cool to do something else that would be apart from it but you know you guys need to want it as well absolutely and thanks to you handful of people who were listening to actually more than a handful of people we got a got a pretty good turnout tonight in the uh the uh, live listener category so thanks to all you guys we mentioned a few of you i don't know who the other mystery listeners are but uh big shout out to you guys and thanks again and come back and join us next friday 9 p.m or most likely next friday we'll see all right <laughs> little black veil <laughs> brides right victor that's it <laughs>